Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanson, and as always, I'm joined today with Tim Malloy and Keith Denny. Today we'll be talking about uh, the new Netflix film, Spiderhead. This film is about um, a prison facility where the uh, prisoners are not in cages. They're not um, under strict hours to be on certain spots. In this facility, they can walk around freely. They don't have chains on, nothing like that. And it's because they've agreed to be part of an experiment where they are uh, administered some mind-altering drugs. And uh, they're using them basically like lab rats. They've agreed to this. But um, as we continue to meet our characters, we find out maybe things are going a little too far. Um, And this is a film about these prisons, what they're going through and, you know, kind of, man, I don't know, like, what is the plot? Uh, (laughs) But I don't know. It's it's an interesting film. It's a really interesting thought experiment. Um, As a film, I'm not quite sure how it comes together, but I'm really curious to see how Tim and and Keith feel. We haven't really gone over it yet, but um, really curious. So uh, Keith, let's start with you. What were your feelings on this movie? (laughs) Oh man, I hate you started with me. I was waiting for Tim to say something. And I just kind of feed <laughs> off. <laughs> but um, you know, I I don't know. It's it's one of those films where I was just like, I feel like the overall concept of it was pretty interesting. I um I feel like it's one of those things that I think may have been better executed because I think it's based off a novel. It's it based off been, a short story. A short story. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's probably like better executed in the um, short story than it was in the film. There were certain things. There is a different that, ending, by the way, which we should talk about. Um, oh, later. really? See, yeah. I, see I, I've never read the short story, but there were um, certain things about it that I was just like, um, and I, I can't pinpoint it right now, that I feel like was a missed opportunity. Okay. I feel that um, it reminded me of like, when you you're up late and you're like back in the day, like a be I used to be up late watching like USA and TBS and like this random movie would come on with like people I've never seen before in this film, and I stay up late and I watch it and be like, oh that movie was alright, and that's the last thing you see before you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those movies are not necessarily like great movies, um, but they're you know it's something you know to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, but but the fact that we have a movie that has um Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, and um Journey Sumlet and for it to be um I don't know, I, I would say a quite mediocre film. Mm. Um that was very interesting to me, I guess, you know. Um, but that, those are my first initial thoughts. Okay. Uh Tim, what about you? My wife went to Syracuse and one of the professors there was George Saunders, the guy who wrote the short story that this is based on. And then, of course, she and I both love Joseph Kaczynski because he directed Top Gun Maverick, which fucking ruled. Absolutely spectacular. (laughs) So this was a really easy pitch in my house. Like, do you want to watch a movie with George Saunders meets Joseph Kaczynski? And it just was so resoundingly fine. Like, it was just totally okay and honestly really boring uh in places and i just feel like between miles teller chris Hemsworth, and journey Smollett, and everybody this could have been such a good movie it looked beautiful had a pretty good soundtrack 
of like goofy dad songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plenty of like soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it could have been super good, but it just it seemed like it spent a lot of time not saying anything particularly interesting. And mm-hmm. I don't like criticizing any movie because like it's so hard to make a movie, but like this has a total A list cast and like a lot of money and a great basis because George Saunders is amazing. And I was just super let down by the outcome, honestly. And the other, the other thought I had was just that, uh, I can't believe the New Yorker magazine, that this is like their big outing. Cause like the New Yorker is like, so has such a like finely critical eye of everything and it's so appraising. And then they make this thing that's just completely middle of the road. Can you say that? Uh, say a little more about that. You say New York, New Yorker magazine did. It was New Yorker, yeah. Um, had their name at the beginning with a little guy with the spyglass monocle, whatever. Oh, um, I didn't even pick up on it. I, you oh. know, I thought maybe it was like a. I was like, well, it can't be New Yorker, New Yorker. Like that'd be different. Because they published the George Saunders story, they've got oh, a piece okay. of it. Okay, yeah. And mm. you think they would have better quality control because they're so they have mm. so much quality control of the rest of the world. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So um, my thoughts, and I'll try to be brief and then we can get into some of the, the larger things. Um, at the beginning of the movie where they have the, uh, the black guy who's sitting there and, you know, they're like, well, you want, will you take this drug? He's like, acknowledge, you give him the drug. And um, they start saying stuff to him, just regular stuff. And he's like, oh, these are just facts. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm sitting up a little bit. And then you know, they get to a point where it's like, uh, you know, 800,000 people um, died in Rwanda. And he just burst out laughing. And I'm like, okay, interesting. I like the idea of showing this sort of specificity to immediately draw us in and let us know, like, this thing is really, really, really effective. There's nothing funny about, you know, what went on in, in that genocide. So from that point on, they never give any moment of specificity. It's a really strange choice. And it really hurts the film in a lot of ways to me. Um, I have a lot of different feelings about this movie, mostly because I just feel like there's so much potential there. And they they just drop the ball by doing some of the most boring stuff you could do. The, the beginning of the experiments, they spend time just making people have sex with each other. And yeah. then Chris Hemsworth's character, who, who actually I thought he was really good in the role, but it's just like weird to watch him go, okay, yes, if they have sex, then maybe they'll be in love. And if they're in love, then maybe that'll be the thing that makes them fight against the drug. And I'm like, wait a minute, sex is in, we, we know lust is not love, even on a basic level, even people who are like really, really staunch, psycholog- you know, psychological, academic, whatever is like, they don't confuse those two things. And to miss that and to not kind of manipulate the situation in a way to try to if it help these people fall in love, even if it was in a wrong way, which is what I thought he was going to do was like try to manipulate certain scenarios so that, you know, Jeff played by Miles Teller would fall into love with one of the women. And then that would lead to somewhere he makes a mistake and then whatever. But no, he's just like, well, they had sex. So maybe they're being loved. And I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And it's just a lot of little stuff like that in this movie where, the logic that they pick, it just doesn't make sense. And at one point even says, you know, true love is the thing that can, you know, fight against the drug. And I'm like, true. Like, what is this? Like a Saturday morning cartoon? 
That's a I good point because some of the absurd stuff in the movie plays really well in the short story, which, uh, full disclosure, I only read half of because I was super tired from watching this boring movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> but it, some of the stuff that's absurd plays really well on the page because, like, you have this sort of ironic distance from it and you know that Saunders is taking you for a ride and you can kind of play with conventions and cliches and stuff like that. And he does that in a really funny way. Like, he's just a really funny, smart writer. Mm-hmm. But with a movie that's sort of very literal, I think any movie you tend to take literally, you tend to believe like we're expected to believe the things that are occurring on screen that we're supposed mm-hmm. to take them at face value. Yeah. And some of that like deadpan humor stuff just doesn't really come off that well in this movie. And the guys who did this wrote Deadpool, I believe it was Deadpool, maybe Deadpool 2, um, mm-hmm. where the jokes work really well because they're really fast. But when you think about some of the stuff in this movie for any length of time, it just doesn't engage. It's just not that interesting. Well, there's also this really weird thing. Like, it, like when you get into the details for this film, it just, there are just some things that fall apart in ways that I don't think make sense. Like they have all these different versions of like a Chekhov's gun or like they give you these details. You're like, well, you know, this is going to come back up where it's like, they don't jostle. That'll, that'll make the drug over overdose or whatever. Like, okay, well, somebody's going to hit something and then it's going to like, it's almost like they're giving you, it's like leading you down a very obvious path the whole time. Um, And I, I don't really enjoy that part of it very much but the thing i think that really is so frustrating for me is there's this thing where like they're like all these day these people are here and they're really bad people and you're like okay and then when you learn what they did you're like well wait a minute so jeff killed his um his girlfriend and, and one of his really good friends maybe his best friend drunk driving and then jeff was living in a kid rock song and then everything went badly Yes, which, right. you know, if you do that, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> then uh, let's see. And then Lizzie, so uh, Journey Smollett's character, she, um, okay, this movie and the choices they make, it's just details. I don't know why they're making certain decisions. Okay, so she's like, I killed my baby. You're like, okay. And then she's like, I left the child um, in the car um and the child died after being a hours. you're like oh no and then she's like because i was going to work and you're like oh well wait wait a minute like so are you terrible or are you Sounds like you're really yeah and then she's like you know and every because like it first the thing is that kind of thing is like a negligence thing and if someone says you come to work regardless of not having daycare you don't get this job but well, then you don't go to work that day it's a really, it's almost like they didn't finish the thought on it. It sounded like a neat idea, but that is, if you're going to be negligent, be negligent. Don't then say, try to give her an out, say, oh, she was at work. But if you, if you care about that child that way, you can't live without this name. You don't go to work that day. You find a new job or you just don't she, go, whatever. I thought she left them in a Walmart parking lot. She said she left them in a Walmart parking lot. And then they end, and I mean, it's this little slick detail. It's like, she barely says she's like to go to work that day or some shit. And I was like, what? Like, yeah it was like mitigating but not mitigating but but it was like but i'm that as a parent that doesn't make any sense you don't go to work you just don't go to work like no i, I mean I my kids know. make too much noise for that to ever happen well but i'm just i'm saying like you can't <laughs> leave a child and because that's the thing that that's dumb it's like it's hedging his bet either she's negligent or like either way is negligent if you leave your child in the car for any amount of time right. it's negligence but then they're trying to say that. but she did because she had to because she had to work 
Right. That's idiotic, I, though. I feel like the implication is, and, and it does seem like a thing that people who don't have kids would say, the implication is she was so tired and exhausted and like out of her mind from, you know, work exhaustion and staying up all night that maybe the kid was asleep and she just forgot it was there. But like, you'd have to be. That's idiotic. I'm Ooh. sorry. Yeah. Like that, that's a detail that does not work at all. Like, and, and I'm just saying like it, at the same time, they, cause they like, everybody's so dangerous in here. And then the other dude is like, who's the most dangerous, the, the big muscle dude with all the tattoos. It's like, well, he threw his girlfriend out a window and I'm like, well, that's bad. But like, I'm expecting like some Arkham villains in here. Not like, cause the thing is these people, what we're supposed to maybe assume is that really oh and is that dude who, the, the that we saw at the beginning doing all the laughing that's poor life says we don't know what he's there for but apparently he's a really bad dude and the assumption i guess is they can walk around like that because they constantly have doses of that drug that'd be my well, guess no, i i was thinking that it was because of the fact that they weren't that dangerous or criminals but the, he, but, like but Chris Hemsworth's character keeps talking about how dangerous they are, and maybe that's well, a facade. Not, not dangerous in consider compared to like you said, like a, a Arkham criminal, right? Mm-hmm. But like people who made decisions in the spur of the moment type of deal, like kind of like crime. Well, it seemed like the profile that he purposely went after was people who felt like they deserved to be punished, which I right. thought was a really interesting well, detail. I, I, it's just so much that they use it, but not enough i or thought people or people who made decisions like kind of like more emotionally based decisions mm-hmm. because the whole deal for that drug is to kind of or um, monitor people's emotions or change them or control them in some type of way or but think about how the interest in this thing is though the the movie doesn't even have like an interest even in thinking about like how alcohol is a drug that inhibits decisions and what people do like the thing about this, the one drug they're trying to get this B6 drug is its whole point is supposed to be straight obedience, like obedience, no matter like what you, you know, you're going through. But like, it, it's kind of strange because alcohol does too. Well, alcohol doesn't do the thing. Like you can't make somebody obedient with alcohol. Right. I, but I actually, I kind of disagree as a, as an alcoholic. Okay. Let's say more. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me let you take it. Alcohol over did, did lead me to tolerate things that I shouldn't have tolerated. Like I would have like mm-hmm. a job that I was unhappy with and would like drink my way through it or like, oh, when I get to Friday, like mm-hmm. it'll all be worth it. And then you have this like guilt cycle where you're like, oh, I really was fucking crazy this weekend. Like now I have to go back and be a good worker. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think when you take alcohol out of it and like your life is your actual life and not like a series of um, events between binges. Um, when it's all just one continuous life, I think you are more accountable to yourself in terms of I'm not going to tolerate the situation. I'm not going to go to that thing I don't want to go to and drink my way through it. But so isn't isn't it wild though? This movie, I hadn't even thought about it that way. And I think that's super interesting. But imagine the movie deciding to make the decision that instead of Chris Hemsworth's character, and again, I think he played it really well with what he had. But imagine the script instead of saying, you know, we're going to have you administer this really dangerous drug to somebody uh, because we want to perfect it. So, Cause he said, because we want to, uh, you only you can stop another you basically is how you put it. But imagine if instead of putting it that way, he said, you made a decision uh, because of your alcoholism and what we're trying to prevent is because the thing is, it's more of a, it, it's a, it's a plea, not only just to him, in, in, in trying to think through of like a way to um, somehow atone for what he did, but also to say you can help other people who are struggling with alcoholism. 
you know, by, by participating in this, that they don't like put these things in terms that are like really uh, relatable to others or even like make you feel like the characters have real motivations to not see through what, what Chris Hemsworth character is putting them through. Like he's so cold about how he puts stuff. It, he, like his manipulation is not particularly effective. It's just, they know that if they, you know, don't acknowledge and allow him to give them those drugs and they'll be sent to like a regular penitentiary. Mm. But that's not, it's not a driver for the character. Like the driver for them is straight selfishness in that they don't want to go to a bad situation, which makes sense. But if you could appeal to things that they cared about, I feel like that would make us care more too. Right. You bring up a good point. It's back to what we talk about, about characters. There was this like disconnect of like even really giving a shit about the characters because I felt like we really don't know them enough to care about their situation and what they're going through. And I think that's also the Tim's point of what he found, maybe what he found to be boring about the film. You know, and um, like I said, once again, this is one of those things that's just unfortunate because the concept of the film is is pretty, it's you know, it's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? It's a fire concept. But what what it is missing, and I'm sure maybe the short story has this, is this 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 um, feeling in the world like we really feel for these characters. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, because the thing that this movie did yeah, at the end yeah. too, especially in this last arc, it felt like I was watching the movie. Like it, like it, it was one of those things where it was like, not only I feel like I was watching a movie, I feel like I was watching a movie where like the characters can't be hurt, you know, or something. Because on top of the true love thing happening, which made me feel like, all right, well, yeah, we're gonna get some some goofiness uh, coming up here. <laughs> but uh, man, he said, <laughs> it's just so inconsistent about how they how they like certain uh, things work. But uh, there's this moment near the end where he's given so they they you know this is the part where jeff has convinced the assistant and how the heck him just going hey man hey hey you know Come he's on, crazy right yeah you know he's crazy you shouldn't shouldn't be working yeah you're right i guess i should go to the police i was like the police wait a minute hold oh, on oh and what the fuck like, I'm like the police oh are, like speedboats and stuff like yeah. racing across the ocean the- i'm like i already don't know where we are but like all right i'm letting it go but it, it was just like but the thing, the reason the police didn't make sense was like, who the fuck do you think is funding this? Well, you know what I was just thinking about for a second mm-hmm. is is what I think a, a simple thing, and it's I'm sure there's other things that this movie is missing, but there's not really a change in the protagonist, right? The whole I feel time. like yeah. protagonist is generally the same person he was from the beginning, completely of the film flat. The film. And I was thinking like maybe if you had a dude that's I'm talking about like fully on board to the shit that Chris Hemsworth's character is on. And then you have, cause this is what I thought was gonna happen. Like you kind of got Journey Summers character. Mm-hmm. She comes in and like, let's say she's just now coming into the facility. That's what so they made kinda, it seem like. They, they yeah. Remember she hadn't even taken a drug yet when, when right, we first right. meet we, them but, and all that. But we don't see her come into the facility. I think we should have followed her more so that way we follow into this world and get an understanding in how it works. Oh, like she's the that newcomer. And if yeah, okay. Right, right. And then and then as that's happening, the parallel is that Miles Teller, because I was thinking that his character was was probably like one of the first. They don't say it off back, but I'm assuming this because he's like involved in the experiments, right? Mm-hmm. 
So Dave, have if you we have, no. huh? Have you seen Severance, the Ben Stiller show on Apple TV Plus? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Severance, for example. Yeah, yeah. Because what you're talking about, that's how they, I, I thought how they did it was really skillful and good. Hmm. Right, and that's the same concept where the character is like he's all for the shit, right? But then as you kind of see, like, oh, there's some there's some issues with this, right? Mm-hmm. And then he starts to question himself. He starts to question Chris Hemsworth's character. But at the same time, while that's happening, he's getting closer to Journey, Journey's character. And I, I feel like that in itself could have changed a little bit of like how we feel about it as an audience and how we follow this film. But it's just I almost feel like we're dropped into this and we don't know what the hell is going on and we're not really feeling these characters. But see, like, I'm okay characters. with that, but it was just like, it literally is just like at the beginning, all right, let's make him have sex. <laughs> like they'll be in love now. Oh, he, but he actually really likes Lizzie. Because, okay, I so I was thinking about the sex thing, right? I don't, because I was listening to you talk about it. I didn't view it as him trying to see if, because you have sex with a person, you would then be in love with them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking he was trying to see if you're really attracted to a person, would you be in love with them? Well, because look, the sex was just a byproduct yeah. of them being like extremely attractive when he upped that dose of that particular drug into them, right? I, I'm just speaking yeah. about when I say that, what he was saying to his assistant. Now, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but he was saying that basically, he wanted okay so remember he had both two went so they administered that that love drug you know makes you lustful to two different people he has sex with the young blonde woman and then the older blonde woman and then he puts them in the same room he puts jeff right there and he says i want you to give the dark and flack and the one that makes you crazy um and want to hurt yourself i want you to administer this to one of them and he was like i want to see which one of them he's going to pick he was like, because he kept he kept using the word love in that scene. Well, he, he was but, like, and, he, and he was like, well, I don't really love neither one of them, and I and he's like, I just don't want anybody to have it. It which the thing is, in the, it, I think that made sense that here's this dude trying to look at it real cold, like who do you love? And he was like, actually, I just don't want to give anybody this. I've yeah. had it; it feels horrible. It's just but, because I don't want to have anybody go through that pain. But to that point, I think he was trying to see if you're going to choose the attractive person over the unattractive person. Because you got to think like Heather and the other woman, the um, shit fingers woman, mm-hmm. shit fingers wasn't that attractive when she was old or whatever. Mm-hmm. Heather was considered to be attractive because he even said at one point, he was like, yeah, you know, attractive people, they always get away with being late. And he said even that about himself. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I think it was like this whole concept of like, who do you? have an emotional connection with that you can connect to love based off how attracted you are to that person because but, but the, miles but, taylor's character was attracted to heather before he even had sex with her i think you're right brought the other girl in he other woman in he was looking like oh shit but he still had sex with her because they brought up that whole drug dopamine thing to make him do it yeah but i mean he wouldn't but, but, have done but, it in a, a normal situation well look he, he well it, there's there's a couple of things with that though. So the first one would just be that I think the script is purposefully doing the thing you're talking about. But what I'm speaking to is most people just talking out loud don't really confuse lust for anything other than lust. Like lust is just lust. It has nothing to do with how you treat people necessarily. And and this guy, 
I don't know. I, but, but no, 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 but wait, wait, wait. I'm not talking about, I don't think the whole test was about lust. It was about attractiveness, attracted, being attracted to somebody and lust can be different. Yeah, but, but but wait a minute. But, okay, there's a difference between opening the door for somebody faster or something like that and giving them something that makes them feel like, as he put it, like you're hurting so bad, you just want to be on fire so you can just end it. Like well, but he, he, he already had that experience. And so- What I was th- thinking that he was trying to prove, it's kind of like how some people believe I think you have said this about somebody that we know at one point mm-hmm. that they believe that like attractive people are just generally good people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some people do have that mindset. So if you want to test it, you have an attractive person and an unattractive person. And it's not necessarily that it's a lust. Like I would like have sex with this person and pull their clothes off just because they look good. It's just that you know what's attractive okay but look but look attractive so look here's the problem with what you're saying based again just based on the actions of the this researcher professor ceo whatever the heck he is um all of it all of it but ex luther but the thing (laughs) is like then you don't need to have them have sex with him first or he doesn't need because the thing the the drug is what's doing that it's not him well, but what I'm saying is that the attraction them, the, them having sex is a byproduct of how much they turn the drug up. Like it's not it's not necessarily that the drug makes you have sex with a person. Right. Okay. Well, like the drug in itself yeah. is just the fact that you made two people be extremely attracted to each other that were they therefore are gonna have sex because they in the room and the, right, they, right. They but but what, what so I'm saying much. is but 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 the test he's doing right then. If we're, if we're just saying just about attractiveness, still, you don't need them to have sex before. You don't need the two experiments of sex to do the experiment you're doing. I kind of think, think, I think the movie thinks it needs it because yeah. movie, honestly, it's yeah, kind of, again, kind of boring. And the only thing that happens in the first 40 minutes, really, um, that's like cinematic is these like way over the top sex scenes. Well, <laughs> well but see, here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, honestly, here's the problem with this movie. Why wouldn't I just do robots if I need something completely obedient? This is the thing that doesn't make sense about this movie, even a little bit. Well, but the movie needs to make a point about how human, how free will must be cherished and is very important, which is like, you could have said that in like five seconds. And if you're going to make that point, I feel like Clockwork Orange. I was going to say Clockwork Orange. Right, right. But, but see, in Clockwork Orange, <laughs> they, 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 there is a, you could debate like which, which part of society ever wants certain things to happen. But there is like a specific agenda and a reason for people like seeking to have these therapies and all that, right? But in this movie, it's just kind of like we just need control of people, and it's like, well, okay, like I don't, I don't need like a big why necessarily, but like the thing is There's when the movie specific, something. well, yeah. when the movie specific, when it gives that Rwanda example at the beginning, it feels so like the the power of that drug really comes through. In a way that it never does again, the whole movie. And yeah, that's the right. thing. Because he never even explains why he wants to control people. Like, what's the I, I don't I don't even well, he wants to be rich, he wants to be like he wants to be world renowned and well, known as this. No, I think I think they explain it. I think the explanation is he doesn't want anybody to to do the wrong thing, like his father well, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. But, but okay. then somebody always has to control the drug, which is fine. I, I I don't need the person making it to think that far ahead. Scientists never think that far ahead. I mean, we got people right now, I'm not even bullshitting, like a couple of days ago, somebody pulled out an Amazon Echo AI. 
that will mimic the voice of, of your dead relatives. I because, saw that. Ugh. I hope that story is wrong. <laughs> no, it's real. That's happening now. And like when people don't do liberal arts shit, that's why you you have these smart asses do shit. So they at least read a few sci-fi things and realize you don't have to do everything that's possible. Like you don't. Like just because it's cool don't mean you got to do it. Right. Like at all. Deep fake, same thing. Like we're going to see plenty of technologies that are going to be really bad for us, but people going to do them anyway. Social media. But you know, look, the whole thing is the metaverse. I actually really think this movie, it had so much potential. And even the thing is the short story, the, the big difference in the ending there, uh, I don't even know. I think shit, I'm not sure if Lizzie is like a is oh, Lizzie in everybody. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. So look, <laughs> so yeah, spoilers for the short story. Basically, Jeff, though, he ends up getting at the end, like there's no fight scene and all that. They don't escape. Um, he gives himself dark and flack and, and, and takes himself out. That's the yeah. choice he makes. More, and, more grounded and maybe interesting, less cinematic, quote unquote. Yeah, that right. end was just so kind of, it felt like, I, I almost expect somebody to wake up from a dream or something. Well, um, also, or the drug to be so good. It it turns from like a very, you know, talky movie into like an action movie for the last, for, for like 90 seconds and then goes back to, I just, yeah, no. Yeah, playing Hall and Oats and shit. And then the man was oh, like, the oh, drug doesn't work gorgeous. because... So so the thing that made me laugh, uh, he's like, he gives him all the dark, uh, the, the B6, and he's like, all right, he's supposed to be obedient, right? And he's like, uh, he picks up the knife, Chris Hemsworth's character, and Jeff goes, all right, give me the knife. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, what? He's like, it's because you asked me to kill the only thing I truly love. And like, like it's supposed to be like his science and his, his passion and all this. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He didn't tell you to kill the only thing you love. He said, hand him the knife. But which I guess you could like say he leaves to all this other stuff. But it was just. This is just a pet peeve personally. When a, when a song has already been used like perfectly in a movie, don't use it again. Like that yeah, probably song don't. was used so well in 500 Days of Summer, like so spectacularly. Oh yeah, that was perfect. I feel like retire that song. That it's you can't do better than yeah, that. Yeah, just go deep into your catalog. But they, but they literally, they literally play it for like every romantic comedy. Insane. Um, and and you know it it, it is crazy because I, I was thinking about like that. Um, have you guys seen Free Guy before? Mm-mm. No, I need to. With Ryan Reynolds, I fucking love that movie. I seen it twice, and it's definitely like a good like. I'm, spoiler alert! It's really a romantic comedy. Okay. I don't, Interesting. They don't market it as one, but it's definitely a romantic comedy. And so they use um, Mariah Carey's um, fantasy like, <laughs> nah, so nice. well in that film to the point that I would... I thought you were going to say honey at first. No, nah, they use fantasy, but they use it so well. Like I, I promise, You guys got to watch. Just watch it. And I just want to see what y'all think. Yeah. If anything for the, the, the way that fantasy is used in that film... And it's fucking perfect. But when I hear Hall and Oates in this movie, and I've heard it in literally every movie, but then also it's it doesn't give me like I didn't believe the romance in the film, right? You know, yeah, no, not really. I mean, it's just like oh, here are these people who they've done a bad thing, but they love each other anyway. If I don't I felt, know. If I felt the build up to this romance, then I, I would, you know, be cool. It's not like there's no build up. It's just, it, it's just nah, like they're it's... always kind of. Well, and when I say that, I mean like you know, we see we have scenes of them together, and like, oh my, it did feel forced. Okay, the first let, time let he me... was like, we finished each other's sentences, and she was like, no, we. I forget, I forgot what she was trying to refer to. It was... Let me put it this way: usually, 
in a romance film or any type of romance, when you think about it, it normally starts at a certain point, right? Mm -hmm. Like with this, I couldn't get down with it because it's just, I felt like they were already in a relationship when we see the characters. So we don't see no gradual, you know, growth in the relationship, you know? That's fair. So then when, when it's like, he has to make that choice between giving her the darkened flag or whatever, I know he's not going to do it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because I already know from the jump that he was in love with her from the beginning. I think how interesting it would be if he did do it for self-preservation. Like, there's just things this movie could do to just make it more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying, like, that just makes it, like, so much of a better plot. But, like, just everything just feels like you can kind of see it coming. Mm -hmm. Although, I will say, um, going back to music for one second, um, my white people music catalog is getting deep. I'm kind of proud of myself. You know, it's, it's taking decades. You know, I was always recognizing stuff. And I don't know what's it. going on with this movie. It's all Blue-Eyed Soul slash Yacht Rock or whatever. Yeah. Which is like, I I don't know what they're trying to do there. Because it's all the, like, it's all the white guys who are best at Blue-Eyed Soul, basically. <laughs> which is, like, such a, like, guilty pleasure genre. It really where, is. Where you're like, this is good, but, like, this is awesome. Like, I hate to say like cultural appropriation and sound all like mm, cultural appropriation, but like, there's something weird about those songs. Hey, man, look, I hear you. I hear you. It took me a long time to realize the Doobie Brothers weren't black. Oh, exception. I think Hall and Oates are fucking incredible. Yeah. And I feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want. And I'm not man. like the gatekeeper or the arbiter or whatever, but sometimes with Steely Dan, I'm like, does Steely Dan <laughs> actually like uh, this music or are they like, like doing like a parody of it you know what's funny too so okay this is about a different movie but good and i don't even i think it's out now but um oh. somebody uh actually a couple <laughs> people have mentioned to me they keep you get a kick out of this because you're from Memphis too they were like hey have you seen uh, or heard about elvis all the elvis movies they were like it they, they, they were like it's so uh uh not deferential but like it's respectful to like th- that stuff about him like stealing music from black people and i'm like all right now like you say that these aren't black oh people God. telling me this so you know like, how many... <laughs> like i don't know let me let me hey, watch honest, it honestly i've been wanting to watch that more than like um light year like there's two movies i've been wanting to watch i want to see elvis and i want to see marshall the shell yeah, the shell with shoes on, and, uh, <laughs> and and you know, I I mean, we haven't been to the movies lately, but yeah, I definitely got to check out. I want to see how they did it. I mean, Man, the, the same, black people. I, I cannot pronounce this director's name, but he's the same guy that did like you know Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, and The Great Gatsby. Uh, okay, I right, well, I mean that that that's you know. I mean, I mean, so so I mean, pedigree. He, I mean, he's been been batting pretty well lately, so. <laughs> It's easy. To, I mean, the I almost find like they don't even talk about that. If you black and from Memphis, like there's a lot of sensitivity around Elvis uh, for all kind of reasons. But I kind of um, want to see Elvis and talk about it now because I like, let's watch Elvis. Let's if we yeah. <laughs> I've heard an Elvis journey because I I should maybe save this for the next episode. But my like almost intro to Elvis was of course there was like the early intro to Elvis of like Jailhouse Rock and all that shit. But yeah. then it was like Chuck D and like Elvis was a hero. Oh, yeah. To me. So that was always like the music I liked. And I, that was yeah. like, oh, fuck Elvis. So for, like, <laughs> so for like 15 years, I was like, fuck Elvis. And then my wife fucking loves Elvis. And my wife was like, I could kind of see it through her eyes. And like her parents being Irish immigrants who to them, Elvis represents like America and a better life. 
Yeah. And that made me appreciate Elvis. And then I like listened to some Elvis. Elvis has some good shit. So yeah, that, should, that should be good. I ain't gonna lie. Like as much as I didn't like Elvis being a black man in Memphis, I love that song. I can't help falling in love with you. I don't know if that's man. the whole title, but I fucking love that song because that shit speak to me. People like Chip, you know, <laughs> were not trying to hear that. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna be be riding now, um, fucking Winchester with my windows down. Oh no, you better not. Shit. But but I'm just saying that. But like, a lot of people, a lot of black artists from that time, like really don't have any respect for him. Like you were, you've ever seen that uh, clip on YouTube of James Brown talking about Elvis? Oof. Like, damn, it's kind of rough. It's almost like, shoot, is, is there a, another scandal I don't know about? Dang, he's so mad. <laughs> but, oh, man, anyway, we can go down a whole nother rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, so I guess Elvis next. Maybe we'll, we'll end up uh, checking that one out. I'm really curious. But Spiderhead, man, like, so much potential. Um, I hate, like, ragging on the movie because there are things about it I do like. And, like I said, I feel like everything outside the plot was actually pretty decent. But it's just... They just made so it, everything was so safe to me. Um, I like the people involved in the movie a lot. I think they're yeah. all, I think everybody involved is super talented and has done very good things. I love the Deadpool movies. I just, it didn't all come together on this one for me. And that's okay. I just wonder, like, why they chose to play everything so safe. Like, that was a really weird decision at the end. Like, I, I could have forgiven a lot of stuff, I think, but it was just, it just felt like there was, there were so many contrived conveniences people dropping keys in places yeah. <laughs> like it's like what this ain't this ain't 1970 like what, what like, you only have a anyway but um i don't know it's, it's it's just a movie that has the potential to do so much and, and they even give us the very beginning the most interesting drug the most interesting drug the one that like makes you hallucinate they use it once at the beginning once at the end and they don't do shit with it in the middle i'm like that's the genius thing you make people see shit that ain't there or can you know or confess stuff to people they think of it like there's so much cool stuff you can do with that but no we just make them look at like blurry rainbows i'm like what? or a stapler well well that was the dark and flex but and, and i thought that again you can do something with that but they just like God, oh that know. wasn't dark and flex that was something else dark oh, and flex make you feel pain Oh, okay. I thought that was the. I thought yeah, the, the, the dark flex did that too. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, I did, I, the only thing I'll say about this, and and if anybody who who has, um, I doubt anybody who you know, worked on this project listened this far because I'm sure they really annoyed was about this time. But if you made it this far, one thing I really really want to say is just like, please go out of your way to just try something less safe because it's it's all right there you can do all kinds of stuff like we'll be way more forgiven if you try something interesting and new than if you just make sure everybody makes it at the end who's Joseph, supposed to be a good person go make a movie like top gun maverick why can't you make a movie more like that <laughs> oh he did that movie's fucking he doesn't care at all you can say like this is the fucking worst movie ever made and he's like well i made another movie that everybody likes that made a billion dollars so fuck yourself. Dude, that movie has like a high Q rating. Like I ain't seen it yet, but it's good. It's really got, good. It's people I don't even be talking to like that, and they be like, "You seen Top Gun, Maverick?" I'm like, it's good. You know? I be not. So I'm talking about dude. I'll be watching fighting game streams, not just just you know, dude, dude. Hey man, it's be like, oh man, it's a big combo like off Top Gun. I'm like what? <laughs> the first minutes of Top Gun, like the very opening scene, you're like, I'm in. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It's good. Yeah. 
get my blood boiling, man. I got to check that out. All right. Well, if you made it this far through the whole episode, we really appreciate y'all. Um, this was uh, definitely an interesting experience. Uh, and, you know, maybe we'll get to look at some Stranger Things for the next one, maybe potentially if it oh. all comes together. Yeah um so maybe stranger things and elvis and some of the next couple of things will be focused on because the next yeah all the stranger things will be out friday so um maybe we'll you know just do those back to back we'll see um but we really appreciate you for rocking with us this far if you like the show please uh share it with a friend rate review all that goodness uh, in the meantime keith where can people find us on the social find us on instagram at the low-key pod Yes, sir. And Tim, anything uh, worth mentioning coming up for Movie Maker? Uh, I can visit moviemaker.com. You can visit my other website, elvisisking.com. Uh, <laughs> or go see topgunmaverick.com. Just little different projects I have going. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so basically what he's saying is if you'd like to buy uh, these uh, websites from him, uh, you know, I think what we say the first big can be like 20, 20K, something like that. 20k that's, 20K. Just, that's it yeah just I, enough I feel, for the i feel like go see maverick.com isn't gonna be worth as much in the next few weeks so i'm willing to deal on that one okay okay i don't know that might that might even go uh for uh you know some politicians in the future or maybe even like the mavericks dallas mavericks huh, huh? oh that's good yeah see everybody needs some love right <laughs> all right well look we'll check out on the next one it's gonna be the stranger things of elvis one of the two and uh, we'll holler at y'all next time. Peace. 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 That was a good one.